Acts 2 verses 1 to 11. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one had heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. I wonder if you have a best friend or maybe you've got more than one. I'm married to one of mine and so I'm really lucky that I can have him with me at this time all the time. But my other best friend and I are separated. We're missing each other loads, so we phone each other and test each other and send quite a lot of cute pictures of cats as well. How are you keeping in touch with your friends when you can't see them? When Jesus was talking to his friends before his death, and he had a really long chat with them explaining that he was going to be going away but that they shouldn't be sad because he was going to send another one just like him to be with them forever. But then he went on to say that that way he would still be with them. Now that sounds confusing. He was going, uh, someone else was coming, he was different, and because of the different person, he would still be with them. But didn't he just go away? In today's passage from the Bible, we read about a time when someone called the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus' followers. The Holy Spirit is the different person Jesus promised. He's the third person of what theologians call the Trinity. The Trinity is a big word that sums up the idea that God is both three and one. The Father is God, Jesus is God, the Holy Spirit is God but they are not each other. The Trinity helps us understand that God the Father, Son and Spirit are one. So you can talk with any one of them and you'll still be talking with God. And this explains Jesus' somewhat confusing statement that I'm going, he's coming, so I'll be with you. In our story, the Holy Spirit came and filled Jesus' friends. And people watching knew something amazing was happening because they could see flames on their heads and they could hear them speaking different languages. The people listening were so confused, they asked, what does this mean? Now, Peter, a really good friend of Jesus, got up and explained to them that this was an event promised by a prophet of God hundreds of years before. In the past, God was only close to certain people at certain times for special jobs. 
But Joel said, in the future, God will come and be with all of his people all the time. Now, you might be thinking, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a friend, but I've not seen any flames on my head. Would be cool if you did. Does that mean the Holy Spirit isn't in me? Is Jesus not with me? Well, be reassured. We all experience the Holy Spirit differently because we're all different. So don't be worried if you experience him in a different way to others. When people experience the Spirit for the first time, some people do speak in other languages. And some people say they feel warm or they feel especially calm or really loved. And some people feel loads of joy and even start laughing. Also, don't expect to be able to see necessarily what the Spirit is doing. Sometimes we can see outwardly what's happening, but sometimes we can't. You know, following Jesus involves trusting what Jesus says is true. And he says to his disciples, that's us, children of God, that we can ask for the Holy Spirit and God the Father will send him. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit. He comes when we invite Jesus to be our friend. And today is the day we celebrate the Holy Spirit first coming to be with the followers of Jesus. Some people call it the birthday of the church. Do you know, because of the Holy Spirit, nothing can separate us from Jesus because he's with us always. Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus is present with us all the time. And that is worth celebrating. Okay, so welcome back. Change is really hard, isn't it? You know, we might want to eat more healthily or sort out our finances or change our thought patterns. But it seems too often that what we hope for fails. As Christians, we believe change is possible, but it's not always easy. Today, we're celebrating the agent for change coming to dwell with the followers of Jesus. He will enable them to be ambassadors of hope. As Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. But the language Jesus uses is stronger than with. Jesus also uses in. He lives with you, referring to himself, and will be in you, referring to the other. Remember how the Trinity helps us understand this otherwise quite confusing statement. Now, I feel fairly comfortable to say that Jesus is with me, as he's everywhere all the time. But in me? Just consider for a moment Jesus' credentials compared with mine. He is the pre-existent, pre-eminent creator of all things in the physical and spiritual realm. And he maintains all things and is perfect and holy in every way. I, on the other hand, am a created being that exists in particular time and space. I will die. Most people know that I don't hold things together very well and I'm far from perfect. It makes you think, doesn't it? You know, last Sunday was known in the church calendar as Ascension Day. It's the day Jesus' followers saw him ascend to heaven. When he left, he left them with the words, and I'll paraphrase them. 
stay still, do nothing, wait for the power. I heard a great statement this week. Ascension Day is the day we celebrate Jesus working from home. Brilliant, isn't it? But if that was last Sunday, then this Sunday is the day we celebrate Jesus owning multiple properties. Today is the day we celebrate Jesus taking up permanent residency in many homes, the human heart. In John's Gospel, we read these words of Jesus to his disciples. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home in them. Now, remember the difference between us and Jesus, a holy, perfect God and, well, us even on a good day. Imagine this, putting this perfect piece of bread inside this. It doesn't seem right, does it? But this is the mystery, Christ in us. And that is only made possible through faith in Jesus. Because of Jesus' love for us, he died in our place to bring healing and forgiveness of our sins. He took upon himself all our mess in order that we might be restored. Through the cross, Jesus offers this great exchange. Everything we have ever done wrong for his perfection. Now, Jesus said he didn't want to leave us alone. So part of this reason that he says he will come in us is friendship. But he also said the Holy Spirit would give us power, power to be witnesses. This witness is not just about words or having courage to talk to people. It's about who we are as his people, our lives and our actions that speak of who God is. Paul, a follower of Jesus, wrote a letter to the believers with these words, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Now, let's pause for a moment on the word hope. We all hope for stuff in life. We might hope for a sunny day for our wedding. We might hope for a baby. We might hope that our new job will be significantly better than our last job. But none of these things are certain. But when we read the word hope in the Bible, that's not what it means. It doesn't mean wishful thinking. Biblical hope is something called certain hope. It's a hope we can know that it will happen because God has said it will. Now, what does Paul say we're hoping for here? Glory. That's a strange word too. Jesus is called the glory of God. That is, he is the way we get the clearest picture of who God is and what he's like. So Christ in us gives us the ability to show what God is like. And he does this by changing us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need to be careful before we get consumed with feelings, which we often do of inadequacy or rebuking ourselves that we're not good enough or we've let Jesus down. 
We need to remember that it is the work of Christ in us through the Holy Spirit that reveals God, not us trying really, really, really hard. Paul says here that Christ is in us and this gives us hope of being able to show who Jesus is. To reflect God as we were created originally to do. The power to do this is what Jesus offers when he says he'll send another, the Holy Spirit, to be in us. It's the same power, in case we're wondering if it's strong enough, that raised Jesus from the dead. The Holy Spirit is available to any of us who believe in him and recognise our need for him. Now, we might struggle with a lot of things, and I know I do. I want to be more compassionate. I want to be kinder. I want to be less selfish, to live generously, to have patience with others and myself. I want to be forgiving and be gentle and compassionate when others and myself get things wrong. And I want to live free from anxiety or worry and know peace even when life is full of chaos. You know, Jesus offers me certain hope that there will come a day when this will be true for me. If I trust him, I won't necessarily see it today or tomorrow or potentially even in my lifetime. But I know I can trust his words that he is at work at me and will change me. Paul wrote these words too. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion. Paul says we can be confident or live with that certain hope that Jesus will never give up on us, even when we feel like giving up on ourselves. And that one day Jesus will finish restoring us to our former glory. That is to be people who reflect the glory of God. The frustration for myself and all of us, I guess, is that change doesn't really happen overnight. You know, I'm growing loads of fruit and vegetable like you guys potentially at the moment. And, you know, it's a really slow process. We water it and plant it. We feed it. We see it grow. We repot it. And there's still nothing to show for it, really. Nothing to eat. But I'm really hopeful for a harvest. Like growing things, we take time. It takes time for God to gently uncover the root of what's going on. It takes our willingness to listen to him, to talk to him, to do what he asks us to do. And too often, I don't know about you, but I find myself too busy trying to change or be a change maker to stop long enough to let him do the changing. You know, the Holy Spirit, he wants to fill us with a deep knowledge of his forgiveness and his power to help us forgive others. His peace and his power to help us be peacemakers and his unconditional love and his power to help us love others. It is his transforming power on us that will enable us to be agents of change too. You know, today we remember that power 
that fell upon Jesus' disciples and changed them forever. But the change they experienced took time. They weren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Change took time. Paul described believers with the Holy Spirit like jars of clay, which Christ's glory dwells in and hopefully shines out of. When we see the tiny bursts of light coming out of us, that's Jesus shining through us and in us. Christ in us is the hope of glory. The Holy Spirit fills us with hope. It's tangible hope. And Paul also described it as a deposit guaranteeing what was to come. And this hope keeps us going, even in tough times. The beauty of Jesus is seen in and through his church. When they act like Jesus, demonstrate mercy, compassion, humility and justice. So we're reminded today as followers of Jesus, that change comes through the power of the Spirit. And so, today, let's be reminded of what Jesus told those first disciples. Remember how I paraphrased it? Stop, do nothing, and wait for the power. Because this is the only way we can really hope to change. So I want us to pause now for a moment. And just ask ourselves, can we stop our rushing to be something or achieve something in order to become aware of the overwhelming love of Jesus for us? Can we pause long enough doing nothing to listen to the truth he wants to speak over our lives? Can we wait before we resume all our doing and saying to receive the power that we need to accomplish the things that he's given us? So I'm going to invite us now to just pause for a moment to quietly become aware of his presence and to listen to what the spirit wants to say to us today. Father God, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that you promise to send him to anyone who asks. And so we ask that you would come and fill us afresh today. Amen.